Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. You're watching HGTV because your house sucks. If you love the Property Brothers, just wait till you meet Pete, Zeke, and Tristan. It's the Fliplets. I'm Pete. I've been a licensed realtor since I was 18. If I can't find a house you love, it just ain't out there. <laughs> the name's Zeke, and I've been flipping houses for the past 12 years. I'm the guy who'll turn whatever nightmare he finds you into the home of your dreams. I'm Tristan, and when our parents divorced, I was the only one that went to live with our dad. <laughs> All right, they don't want to hear about that. <laughs> well, when are we going to talk about it? I mean, we've never talked about what happened. The Fliplets, just three brothers renovating houses and busting your gut. This guy does all the manual labor, which according to my calculations, makes me the smart one. Oh, please, Poindexter. You couldn't drive an elephant at a steering wheel on it. <laughs> I don't think they ever fully grieved the death of our family. <laughs> Not really the platform, buddy. No. So rather than face the demons that they have, they go city to city trying to build the home they never had. The Flipplets, all new this fall. Listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast. I don't want to drink my whiskey like you do. I don't need to spare my money, but still do. And don't stop now, come on. Another drop now, come on. I want to lie. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, LC, and I'm joined, as always, with the rejuvenated Baco. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are things out there in Denver treating you? Excellent. My recording studio keeps moving. Uh, do you want me to mention the throw pillow? Uh, Get yeah, that out of the way? Uh, well, you know, we're in 2022 now. Is it? Is it? I don't know. Does it, does, does it have that much steam? I didn't know how long you were going to roll with it. but uh. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you, were, you wanted to know about it every time. The throw pillow, I'm now sitting on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, how would you describe the background of the room that I'm in? You just did? Oh, <laughs> it's, it looks like an uh, interrogation room in a Russian gulag. So Yes, yes. Yeah. My... Uh, my, my setup keeps changing, but enough about me and my recording studio woes. Let's talk about poor, poor Baco. <laughs> hey, real quick before we get into poor, poor me, I um, uh, just wanted to shout out to you, ask you a question, and shout out and get bring the listeners to their attention. Did you know that that our boy uh, Jake from Them Evils is up for the bass player position in Steel Panther? Really? Yeah. That's interesting apparently he's one of the i don't know eight or nine finalists and you can go vote on it i'm sure by the time this episode drops it'll probably all be done but i'm not sure if i'm rooting for that or not i'm not a big fan of uh steel panther but uh jake's cool guy and it it, it is a good gig so and i'd hate to see them evils have to i don't know take a side seat to or get a different bass player i think he's a great fit for that band 
No, I think this is the first move of of them doing the whole Steel Panther 2.0, where they start replacing members. You know, because Steel Panther can go on forever. Don't yeah. you think that's the first just move? Just like Kiss. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. But but I think that's an odd thing. Just I'm just going to guess, just from knowing the Meevils slightly, that the age difference is at least a quarter century between the next next member and the band. Yeah, but they all wear wigs and stuff. So and and if if what if your theory is correct, which I think it's a solid theory, by the way, um, what? that they're just going to kind of rotate everybody out, kind of like Menudo. <laughs> Um, you want okay. somebody younger, you know what I mean? You're not going to get someone who's your age peer. You know, you want you're going to have to get young blood in there. But uh. well, all I can say is that the only hope I would have is that he's involved somehow in the writing. But he is a bassist. Truth, so, logic, um, and common sense. All right, right? on. It, it can only get worse. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I meant I meant to say it can only get better as far as the writing. I mean, they've already lowered the bar. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so okay, that's an interesting, fun fact. Good to know. Didn't even know they had like a a whole. I think the guy just ran. Whoever that guy was, the, the bassist is like, uh, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with this part in my life. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird. I don't, who knows if there was an actual falling out? You can never tell anything with those guys because everything they do no. is such a bit. But um, <clears throat> uh, what do you call a a person who hangs out with a group of musicians? Uh, a bassist, bass player. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Or a drummer. Ding. Eh, okay. There's there's better drummer jokes than that. Uh, <laughs> but, all right. Hey, uh, I wanted to touch on something. I I went to the Glorious Sons about a week ago of recording this. It'll be about a month by the time this episode drops. So I after the show, I felt great. Posted something on social media. It was a lengthy post. I ended up pulling it because based on some of the reactions, I, I think the intent was wrong. So I thought I would actually flush it out a little bit and maybe uh, paint the picture a little better than I could at 12 o'clock in, in the morning after a glorious sun show uh, with my yeah, thumbs, sure. I, you know what I mean? I, I, I can tell you this much. I didn't even see it. So this is all fresh for me. Right on, yes. Uh, Todd Cunningham did. He actually uh, texted me and wished me well. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you know, I might, uh, I maybe, I won't get into the the feedback too much on that. That's what I'm here for. I'm going to get into this. But uh, sure. as you know, November started off on a pretty high note for me. My wife and I took our anniversary trip out to Seattle. Um, a lot of stuff that tied into the whole grunge series I did, and and my 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 personal love for that scene and the music. It just it, it brought me back. It was just a real everything about the trip was good and, and I came home just awesome. And then oh you know I, I really do need to hit one thing real quick. Part of that trip is that I, I just recently posted, I think for the second time, but I, I I was waiting for my sunglasses to arrive. The Baco and Toots Pops. I, I once I got my sunglasses on, I reposted another picture of it. And a guy named Chuck Lobson, uh, who it turns out is a is a uh, a fan of the show, and that's what I want to get onto. He, of course, uh, I get all these comments. You know, typically, oh, nice, cute, whatever, just whatever the, the standard social media bullshit. He's he's he took a shit on it. Um, turned out uh, after a little exchange, I think he was trying to make a joke that just didn't land. And I can relate to that. So I didn't bring this up to, to 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 give Chuck a hard time about taking a dump on my just a cute little picture of a trip my wife and I took. Um, he threw in a comment on there about our show that I wanted to share with you. Oh, uh, does that have to do with Susan Boyle jokes not landing? <laughs> well, they don't land if the person's not listening. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. He says, by the way, you're killing it on the podcast lately. My favorite episode is Dave Ellison and Plus Tiny Contained Shopping Cart. 2021 Ooh. was the best year for Cobras and Fire. So that's actually a very nice comment there, and that, that uh, means a lot to both of us. So I thought I'd share that with you. 
It does. Oh, well, thank you. All right. We appreciate well, that, that uh, feedback. That, 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 we'll, we'll see if that uh, swings back into the story at some point. Okay. All right. So uh, anyway, November's off to a good start. Then about a week before Thanksgiving, our, someone tried to steal our car. And in the process of doing it, they, they smashed out the, the, the back window and destroyed the entire steering column. I had to get it in the shop. So uh, my, my, my car insurance, Progressive, they, they cover 30-day car rental. When I got the car to the actual body shop, they thought it was going to be 28 days if everything went right. You know what I mean? Like as far as yeah, yeah. where they were in their schedule. So that, that really only gave me a little fudge time. Um, my first car they gave me was a Nissan Kick. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these things. I never even heard of the fucking car before. But again, right. I'm just driving to work and back till my vehicle's done. I'm not too picky. This is what they're they're paying for. I don't care. Um, uh, I'm, I'm glad that when I, I just I never let my full coverage lapse is all I'm getting at. There's like a certain amount of cars that are simply I think manufactured just for for people to be sold up on by rental car agencies. Nice. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the ones you never it, hear about. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. Who's 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 gonna go out and say I'm gonna buy a Nissan Kick of all the Nissans? I would guess somebody who has a lot of money might buy this for their teenage daughter. Yeah, you know, like if, okay. if you're a parent who can afford a new car or a newish car for your kid, this might be a good starter car for. And of course, I'm being sexist because I hate driving in this white little four door thing. But anyway. All that said, I didn't really care. Like I said, I really just wanted my car back as yeah. soon as I could. About two weeks into having this, I get a flat tire on the car. I contact Enterprise. Uh, <laughs> by the way, kudos to Enterprise. Every time I had a problem, and you're about to hear this was not the last one I had, did everything they could to take care of it quick. Um, so the place I got it was closer to my house, but I w- there's one real close to my work. They said, if you take it there, they got a car for you. I show up, and the only thing they got, according to them, and I believe it, I've been hearing all this stuff on the news, but is a VW Beetle convertible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and and what time of, all, of the year is this? Yeah. Yeah. I cannot stand that car, period. It just is such a lame-looking thing. And then you get in, everything's different. Like, the gas gauge goes the opposite direction. I just, nothing about this was good. It was a convertible. It was a total downgrade from a Nissan Kick, if that's possible. But again, I just need to get back and forth to work until uh, my car is done, right? Hopefully before Christmas. Uh, The the next two days is a comedy of errors of me driving this thing, trying to get the key out of the ignition. It just gets stuck. And there was twice. Like one time, you know, I was grabbing lunch and I just said, fuck it. I left the key in the car and went in and got lunch. And then... uh, um, I should touch. Uh, one time was I was at my physical therapy, which I'll get onto in a minute because that, that ties into all this too. Anyway, uh, I basically after a few times where I just couldn't get the key out, I took it right to the dealer on my way back from physical the- or the the enterprise that gave it to me, and they say, "Well, we do have only only one car available, and it was a Dodge Challenger." And that I don't sounds know. Sounds better. Yeah, it is. It's a very nice car. This is a, a muscle car for people that that, that don't know. Definitely um, not something that that I'd, I would be driving in Minnesota in the wintertime. But at the time, you know, you're not thinking about it. Everything's dry. It's not going to snow for another couple of days, and then, then that'll bite me in the ass. But 
Uh, boy, that thing was a lot of fun to drive. And I had that basically until the, my car was finished. So there's a spoiler alert. They did actually wrap up my car. But they didn't get it done in time. So I'm dealing with the stress of, like, who's paying for this? And nobody's giving me a straight answer because if I have to pay for it, how long? And, like, I need to – it's fucking Christmas time. We're, we're fucking hemorrhaging money on gifts like crazy because it's just silly and stupid. And I'm like, I really don't need this right now. I don't even know if we can travel. I'm not taking this car out of town if we're going to get – we've got to go visit people. All this stuff is weighing in on me. And um, to touch on something, about after about six months of lower back pain, I went and saw a doctor. And I've been in uh, – there's a, de- uh, a disc degeneration happening at the base of my spine. I've been in physical therapy for a little over a month. And that ties into this story in a couple different ways. All right. So I get the, the challenger now. I, I'm actually set for cars. So there's no more car trouble, nothing more with Enterprise i got to deal with. But two days later, we get hit with 10 inches of snow. Um, and I'm at first kind of enjoying it. I just got to drive slow. I mean, I can, I can handle this thing. I've driven rear wheel drive in Minnesota before, but not since high school. Uh, I get to the, to pick up my wife at work and it's at the mall and the parking lot's empty. So I start doing some shitties and this is actually kind of fun for a little bit. I don't call them that, by the way. Yeah. Donuts, whatever you want to call them. Why why do you call them? Why do you call them shitties? I'm just curious. Never heard that term. That's what they were called. I didn't, I didn't come up with the term. I just, you know, it's like, it's Doing shitties in a parking lot. I'm just saying that just the basis of that word even doesn't even sound like it sounds like something you're doing. That's a fun thing. It's not a shitty thing. It's a, a donut is the, actually the shape. A shitty mm-hmm. is just it's just a shitty description. Yeah, you might be breaking it down a little too hard, but uh, it, it does. It's very hick. It sounds very hick sounding. But uh, all right. So I but driving home now, <laughs> I live on a slight upgrade and then downgrade. I cannot get what up. percentage. I don't know. It's just. It, you, I, mm. I would. I'm not going to call it a fucking hill, but it's not flat. Uh, but, right. but, but my two neighboring streets are. I can't get up uh, our street with this fucking car. It just spins. So I back down the road, go over a block, and and uh, basically I get stuck parking it on a side street about a block from my house. But it's on the side of the, of the street where I would park on my street to avoid the the snowplow emergency, right? I'm not looking forward to shoveling, period, because of my back situation, but there's no way around it, right? I'm going to have to dig the car out in the morning, all that good stuff. Well, I get up to find out that on the opposite block, they plow the opposite side, so they must zigzag up. And so now I don't, not only do I have to uh, dig the car out, I have to dig it out of it being plowed in, which is now a really heavy packed snow. This takes about 45 minutes, which is too long to get the car out and I still haven't got it out so I walk back home I tell Amy she's going to have to take a lift to work I got to dig this out I got and then I end up having to get help I literally had pa- shoveled down to pavement around this whole fucking thing and there's like about a 4 inches of ice under the two rear tires and that just sits and spins um so I had to get a buddy to come over and push me off and once once that happened that was largely taken care of except for now my physical therapy has been set back a little bit it was just I was basically immobile the rest of the weekend uh as far as doing any any of the stuff I was supposed to stay up on. So, I, and on top of that, I got a snow emergency ticket. So I got a lift ride, a snow emergency ticket. I bought the guy who helped me out uh, a $25 bottle of Jameson. So I'm $125 <laughs> in the hole just because of a snow emergency. Then on our Facebook community group, there's some talk about this stuff. And a woman kind of indirectly calls me a lazy piece of shit. Why aren't they ticketing people like you? And I break down my whole story, and I'm like, "Did I pay? Did I pay enough of a penalty for you? You know what I mean, bitch? 
Oh, here's the kicker. While I'm getting my buddy to get me out after I've done all my shoveling, I felt like shit, but there was an old guy <laughs> out shuffling his sidewalk, just uh, like just right in front of where the car was, like uh, his house yeah, was yeah. there. And he's like, I got a bad back. Any chance one of you guys could help me? Uh, and I'm like, oh, my God, this can't fucking be happening. You know, I mean, in a normal situation, like a year ago, I would have done it in a heartbeat. I've right. actually done stuff like that for neighbors and things. You know, if you know, we had an old guy that is no longer with us, I used to go down and, and hit his sidewalk. Um but man, just the, everything was starting to pile up. You know what I mean? And th- these aren't like the worst things in the world, but I am really getting bummed out. And now my insurance company's not getting back to me as far as are they? It took them two weeks to look at the car, and it was going to be a, 28 days before th- that. So now I'm like panicking like that I'm going to get stuck with, with the financial aspect of that. I can't get a straight answer from when things are going to get done from the, 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 the place fixing it. And this stuff is just hammering at me. Plus, it's it's Christmas in retail. My wife is working six-day weeks. She is just burnt out as shit. There's a couple times that I talked to you, and I'll get to that in just a second. A couple days before the, the Glorious Sun show, my boss just is an irritable dick to the point that I, with everything going on, I just wanted to fucking walk. I just, I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm a grown fucking man. There's only so much bullshit I need to take when it comes into to my employer talking to me. So I talked to you actually a few times. So you, you're aware of some of these struggles and things that are going on. But, but I think the last time we talked was just before. I think it was the day, the morning of the the glorious sun show, and I was, I flat out. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you to to describe it a little bit. But I, I know I flat out said it's like, man, I just, I don't want to go to the show. The weather's supposed to be shitty tonight. I'm driving this fucking ridiculous car. It's supposed to literally go from like a a a thunderstorm at 50 degrees while we're in the show to freezing before we get out. So I'm, I'm picturing just like walking on ice, driving on ice. I'm just like, and it's Wednesday night and fuck all this shit. And I, I still hadn't got it at that point when, when you and I talked, I hadn't got a straight answer from, from anybody, but I just, I, I could tell that it was more than just like, I wasn't myself, man. I, I, I get down and things happen. It kind of bums you out, but I, I'm not a person that's typically gotten funky for more than a, maybe a day. This was really starting to like Baco. But can I jump in here for a second? Yes. Okay. First off, listen, me, I can be, I can be thrown into a loop and like my day can be ruined if somebody just doesn't put enough of the, the, the pepper on my witch, witch sandwich at lunch. <laughs> okay. That things could be a left turn and I'm done. You had a, a couple weeks sequence. You wake up, your, your window smashed. You have a sequence of ridiculous cars. You had Herbie and Herbie went bananas on you a little bit for, for a bit. Okay. You had, you had, you, you had all these kind of things going on. And the fact is, is that that you're you're kind of in the same thing with me sometimes. When all of a sudden there's this actual fun event that you're looking for, you're looking forward to, and the day that it's happening, all this stuff is coming down on you. I've had back issues over the years. I know how that feels. You're feeling like shit. You're like you're like just fuck it. I'm not gonna go. But then there's something deep inside of you that's like this thing. It might heal me. It might mm-hmm. make me feel better. Right? Like you need to push through. And that was kind of my message. Yeah, that, that you, you're like, hey, man, you're going to love it. The show's going to be great. And, and of course, yeah. uh, a spoiler alert, you were right. But that, that's, was there more? I mean, because that's where I'm headed. No, no, next. I'm just saying, like, I know what you're saying. Like, you're, it, oh. But you actually had real world events that actually were bringing you down as, as a man and a human being. But then 
Keep going. I, I right. get well, it. One other factor kind of bumming me out about this is this is going to be the first time that guy uh, that I said I'd never talk about on my sh- my show again, Dale. Uh, fuck you, Dale. Um, that's that's the husband of Amy's best friend. She bought yeah. tickets for both of them to come to the show with us, too. And, right. and it was actually a good thing because they could drive instead of me driving this stupid fucking Challenger. Um, but so, again, I, I think I told you if I didn't have tickets, I wasn't fucking going, man. Right. I was just like, no way. Um, turns out the weather missed us for the most part. We got a little bit of a sprinkle shower walking into the show, but that was it. So the weather worked out for me. After you and I talked, I got a, finally a straight answer from the repair shop saying, keep the rental car. We're covering it from here until we're done with your car. They didn't give me a date, but at least I no longer had to stress about figuring out if I can afford this. Do I need Boom. To, You know, so couple things kind of lifted off my back before I got there. Um, plus, uh, the, the people I bought the tickets with, uh, Andy and Andy, Burge is one of the two, um, so I got to hang out with these guys, and, and we haven't done something like this in, in, oh, my God, years. Like, in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, we hung out quite a bit is all I'm getting at. So this was a nice kind of, everything just kind of lined up. Also, we waited the perfect amount of time to go to the, to, we, we met at a bar across the street, also, one of the best places to see a live show in the Twin Cities. I've uh, I had never been there until about three years ago. I can't believe the it. The Varsity, the Varsity Theater is mm-hmm. uh, just top notch. Um, so, and again, the place is properly packed, but not too packed. So there's enough people to get that live audience feel, but you yeah. can still move around, get a beer, go to the bathroom. So I'd say it's about seventy percent capacity. Love 70%. There's only two openers, and one of them's half done when we walk in. So everything Ah, is looking good. Plus, I got a copy of The Union on vinyl, which Mm. I didn't get a few few shows ago, and uh, and they haven't had it available at any show I've went to since. So I I was really happy about that. I expect a copy coming my way, an extra one. Thank you. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Keep going. All right. The so by the third song of the glorious sunset, I think it was Godless, Graceless, and Young, one of my favorites. I, I mean, I was already in a much better mood than when you and I talked earlier that that morning. But I started to actually physically feel the mental, like yep. all of a sudden, shit just wasn't that big a deal. You, you, you got this. You're having a <laughs> blast. These guys are sounding fucking great, and and it really put things in perspective, you know, because it really it, all this stuff sucks. Like I said, it hasn't been fun, but it really isn't. It it it, it, it wasn't as bad as as things. It was just too much at one. You know, they say God only gives you what you can handle. Well, just bullshit on that. Apparently, I couldn't handle it. I was fucking losing my shit. Now that I'm no longer feeling sorry for myself, we get towards the end of the set, and they bring up the song, Everything is All Right. I, I, oh, man. Not one of my, my, my favorite songs, but I've never hated it. It's just, just I don't know, it's just one of their more mid-tempo ones that I never really jived with. Some of the best lyrics he's written, but when they get to the chorus, now the lyrics are, everything is all right, if only for tonight, I forgot what it feels like. a movie moment loose this all of a sudden it was just like 
It was euphoric. I was fucking James Earl Jones at the ends of end of Roots. You know, or maybe, maybe. What? Where did you go? There? I found my people. Uh, I, um, no, I think you're a little okay, too far. Okay, maybe a more appropriate think, example would be uh, maybe a more appropriate example would be Rodney Dangerfield at the end of Caddyshack. But it felt. I got my Let's win, go man. You know, I needed okay. a win. I yelled out to the universe, and the universe answered, man. Uh, I got to tell you, it, I look, I don't get too caught up in this stuff. I have fun at concerts, and I've, there's a lot of times I've leaned on music, but in that one moment, that first chorus, every word felt like it was written specifically for me that night. And, uh, man, and, and, and look, I know it, that's not how it works. Music is, is meant to be available for everybody. But for everything I was dealing with, everything I walked into, I walked out and I felt better than ever. And um, I get home, throw that post up. Like I said, some of the reaction kind of took, I, I kind of explained things. So I think some people maybe didn't read to the end or it was because it was fucking long. But look, yeah, it, let me just summarize. It hasn't been fun, but everything's fine. Everything is going to be all right. I get up the next morning. I'm still feeling high and I pull up. And I see there's somebody that commented on my post about the Glorious Sons the night before. Not the one I'm talking about, just a generic one like, hey, I'm attending this show. And it's right. Chuck Lopson taking a shit on the Glorious Sons. Oh, is this the guy that said that generic alt-rock? Is that the guy? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a charmer. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, earlier in the feed uh, or in the pop feed, Chris Sinzak said you must be fun at parties. So, yeah, if you run into Chuck Lopson at a party, maybe take it. Maybe, maybe stand by somebody else. It's just like one of those things that music cures all ills. If you, if it's a great live show and it's uh, and it's <laughs> I'm going to stop short of that, but it definitely makes everything better. Even I think even it does. the bad th- times, you know. I'm just saying in that those moments when you have a great show, <laughs> not a, not a bad show. I'm not talking about seeing seeing a Chevelle or Stained. I'm just saying like if you are actually <laughs> seeing a, a, a band that's uplifting and and just have has a good vibe. And there's something about it, man. It's mm-hmm. the same thing I just commented briefly on the Sebastian Bach concert and just. But it's those things too. Sometimes when you're like, I don't even think I have the energy. These fuckers going to start at 10 o'clock at night, and I got to work tomorrow morning. It's a weekday show. All those kind of things. But when you push through and you finally make it there and you have one of those moments that's great and in a lesser degree you know 
by the way, a uh, long way of getting here, but welcome to 2022, people. First <laughs> Cobra episode of the year. And in any way, shape, or form, we are not a band. We are not that. But we we always want to provide some kind of a, escape. We want that's, that's what podcasts do to me sometimes. You have yeah. a shitty day. You just escape for an hour and forget about your crap. And you come back. And uh, and all is, all is better. So uh, I understand. I think I know you can. I think most probably all of our listeners can relate to any the idea that music can kind of pull you through a, a bit of a down patch so specifically live that was it's, it's a bit it, because it's been so rare in the last year like i, I think i went to four or five yeah. you're probably about the same four shows i mean yeah not, not, get, a, not a lot but like i said that that line like i forgot what this feels like you know what i mean it's right. like i, I kind of did forget you know like this is this is why so anyway let's get back to talking about tommy lee's dick what do you all think? right yeah, all right not a <laughs> it's uh um just <laughs> I have a joke. I just can't think of the word. Uh, uh, it's deceptively large. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. not as big as it, it looks to be. So uh, bananas. You know, like I, like I've mentioned in the past, he shaves around the shaft, makes you look like you got oh, an inch or two. Oh, that's right. Longer, so. I forgot yeah. some uh, some shaving tips. <laughs> but man, no, I'm glad glad you, glad uh, I had some relief for some some madness because uh, and, and all the all those things too. I've had I've passed on to you. I think from the the rig. I've had the smash and grab a couple years ago. I've had the the flat tire, all those kind of things. So uh, you're welcome. I, well, at least like I, I, <laughs> Enterprise wasn't going to instruct me on how to change the fucking tire. I was yeah. like, dear God, I you know I, I've already asked for too much help from people for basic tasks. It's embarrassing, you know what I mean. But I, sure. I, I can't get down on the ground and and change a tire with any dexterity anyway. Good to know. All right, what you got, what, what you got next? Well, uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to go back a little ways, but we didn't have time to squeeze this in um, back in. Uh, uh, 2021 there. We had quite a bit of, of stuff to, to wrap up and make sure we were ready for 2022. But sure. this is a bit of an old story is all I'm getting about. But you know that Travis, Travis Scott concert? I think it was in Houston. There was a, there was a shooting at and some people were, were killed, I believe. Yes. Okay. So Ace Freely had a theory on that. Did you get a chance to hear that? Um, no. Uh, right. You are the source of all my music news as usual. So yeah, please, okay. let me know. <laughs> well, he took to Facebook uh, and said, uh, here is his comment. In regards to what happened in Houston, Texas, our prayers go out to all the families who lost loved ones at the concert. Seems like it was a satanic ritual gone very wrong. <laughs> they'll be, and he said they'll, they'll be hell to pay for everyone who let those kids die. Oh my god! Uh, now maybe somebody else is running his account because he's had yes, some pretty weird posts. Uh, uh-huh. And but a satanic. First of all, I, there are no sacrificial, you know, rituals in Satanism that I'm aware of. Um, and he also went on to say, all people of every faith and religion should band together and stop this from ever happening again in America. First of all, why only in America? Because it's only a fucking problem here, probably. Uh, but it's, Satanism is a religion. So I assume when yeah. he says every faith and religion, he doesn't mean Satanism, because clearly they're behind all this nonsense. Uh, and, and, and meanwhile, 50-year-old white men around the country started Googling, who's Travis Scott? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. The the thing that's odd about that too is every time I hear Travis Scott, I think it's the drummer from Blink One Eighty Two, but I'm wrong. 
<laughs> I, seriously, I don't, isn't the guy's his name, name Travis somewhere? Barker? Yeah, there. That's why I, I don't know why I go there, but yeah, I do. No, it's, I get it. It's, it's not that because he, he does dabble in like hip hop too. Yeah. So I think that or something like that. But uh, anyway, yeah, um, a lot of yeah. drummers dabble in hip hop because they can't actually play any instruments, but they can make mm. beats. Gotcha. See, it's the dabbling. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so back to the tragedy and Ace's. Uh, does Ace have a uh, current like girlfriend wackadoo? Is that I don't lady know still around? I don't know how if she's got the crazy eyes or not. But yeah, he. Uh, I can't remember her name. I'd, and you know, probably best not to bring her into it because I don't know anything about her. Um, but it's not that that one that uh, so fucking cool oh. has been interviewing. Um, okay. You, yeah. The, the, you, and by the way, on the, on that note, that that podcast also reached out and interviewed Paul Stanley's sister, which I thought was kind of tacky. Anyway. Okay. Uh, well, a couple more quick hitters in in the Kiss world, if you don't mind. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I mean, I just. Uh, oh, did you have more? Uh, I. I, I guess it's just funny in general that he would even bring Satan into it. The whole, you know. Yeah. Knights and Satan service deal. Yeah, maybe, maybe you, he's, you wonder where, because like, if it's not him, wouldn't it be John Astronomy running that? And I don't know. The, and maybe I need to clarify my thoughts, and you can share yours. But to me, give me a break with the satanic stuff. It, it's just so 70s mom. You know, I mean, I thought we were fucking past some of this nonsense. It's just, I mean, I know Satanists are out there, but they're not what you think. You know, <laughs> just, they're, they're not doing sacrifices and taking guns into fucking hip hop concerts. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Right, right. And, uh, you know, you, you, it's hard. It's hard to smuggle. I mean, listen, I mean, it's hard to smuggle a goat into a show. You got to you got to squeeze that in between, you know, your uh, D&D games and things. Of that mm-hmm. nature. <laughs> That's right. No, but uh, but terrible situation. that happened. Yeah, no, I'm not, not making light of the the event. No. That, um, n- n- not not in a sense. I'm making light of Ace Freely and whoever runs his. Does he tweet? Here's my question. Does he tweet a lot? That's, I, don't I don't think even... he, not on Twitter, Facebook. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the, he did these posts called like Socks Freely, where every day he'd put wear some different goofy socks. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but that so, was more lighthearted so and fun. You know what I mean? Um, so it's I like, oh, well, just I, I'm not even gonna do an impression, <laughs> but like, uh, like he he basically watched uh, Halford's account and was like, oh, I could do that. Just yeah. have a cat T-shirt, <laughs> different socks. Yeah. What do you I, think? I hate fucking cats, though. Something. I bet you Ace really hates cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. I think I think all all kiss members hate cats. Uh, maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll. Yeah. I don't know. Gene seems like a well. No, he's got dogs, doesn't he? Well, no, I think he's got a couple I, cats. Gene's a cat guy. Don't you think mm-hmm. Paul would be a cat guy? He's I'm halfway to a lesbian. <laughs> Is he? I don't know. It just felt like something good to say. No, it probably okay. wasn't. See, I, yeah, I mean, I didn't know lesbians all uh, uh, stereotypically had a lisp. <laughs> no, they all they stereotypically have cats. <laughs> See again, it's a Susan Boyle joke for me. I was actually going with the fact that they don't like Peter Chris. That's what my joke was. See, nobody oh, understands yeah. anybody's you know thing. I, I think Ace is the only member of the original four that hates cats. <laughs> I think I think we've broken it down. Yeah, pa- Paul probably just has a a fake uh, allergy against them. I love yes, cats, I but I just can't have them around because they they make me sneeze. Yeah. Uh, somebody can somebody can blame somebody can blame. 
Anyway, uh, Gene Simmons uh, uh, recently put his that 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 house that he shot the family jewels in. That's up for sale. I believe it's still on the market. He's reduced okay. the price a couple times, but in that process, he bought a house in Las Vegas, and and that was just a few months ago. And now he's looking to sell it. And uh, <laughs> okay, and he's already reduced the price twice. So uh, I don't think Gene understands how house flipping is properly done. <laughs> Um, you should sell not. it for more money than you you buy it for. So yeah, he'll have his own reality. His next reality show will be like one of those house flipping shows where he just loses money on every show. <laughs> My name is Gene Simmons, and I'm a rock god. I'm not smarter than a fifth grader. And one last thing on on, on uh, the, the, from the Kiss universe here, just pulling it up. Uh, Alex Jones uh, to Gene Simmons, keep sucking on Satan's cock. You're a failure and cut off from God. So. Um, Wow. That was in response to Gene saying people who are not vaccinated are the enemy of, of common people. I got to tell you, there's there's more Satan and cock in this episode so far than I would, than, than I would have expected. Keep suck. sucking Satan's cock, says guy who loves God. Yeah, that kind of language isn't going to get you on the on the big guy's good side, Alex Jones. That's uh, actually the how uh, every week at church. How the uh, <laughs> how the message starts? <laughs> man, welcome everybody really? here. I want to yeah, go to just, your church, man. That's right. It just starts out, starts out. Uh, welcome everybody. Uh, I want you to stop sucking on, sucking on Satan's cock and uh, communions in ten minutes. Just get ready. Oh man, what do you think? I think that's great. And then Alex Jones and Gene Simmons come out in speedos and mud wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know I'm making church fun. Elsie, you're familiar with Eric Clapton, right? You know, the legendary guitar player, blues guy, blah, 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 cream, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Uh, I'm guessing yeah. not somebody that you know, not one of your go to artists. Is that fair to say? No, but uh, I understand that Cheryl Crow considers him her favorite mistake. Mm. Is it, was it him? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I, I got to tell that guy has had a, a bit of a run just to have it just because uh, I think he was with her for a bit. So, uh, oh. well done. That's his greatest work, I think. Mm, the Globe Sessions. That's uh, that's a solid album. It's a darker record. That's what I maybe why I like it. But the it, the songs are amazing. Anyway, uh, check out the Globe Sessions on Spotify, my favorite streaming service. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, he's I don't know. Recently, come to my world as like he's kind of a I don't know a nutbag in in a certain sense. He's basically. He he recently came out as as anti-vax, kind of a scandemic kind of guy. Um, 
made some remarks about that. I, I, I don't have those in front of me, but I, I, I didn't really pay much attention to it, but it was you know early in the, the pandemic. Um, but I just listened to a, a podcast that talked about some racial comments he made on stage in the 70s. Had you ever heard anything about this? No, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, let me uh, let me just kind of break that down a little bit. Apparently, it's some concert in the in the mid to late seventies, I believe. Uh, he just kind of went on stage and talked about like keeping Europe white uh, and, and things of that nature. Um, and and they interviewed a musician from another band. I can't remember what band it was, but it, it was one I had heard of. But but he was in the audience that night, and he's just sitting there, and everybody's having a good time. He's you know slow hand is playing the music and all that good stuff, and then all of a sudden he says that, and he, they people just kind of like he says we well, you, you kind of pause and look at each other. What the fuck did he just say? And, and then you kind of forget about it. The show goes on. Maybe you just misheard it. And then apparently a couple more times during the show, he drops this kind of like, you know, blacks don't belong in England kind of thing. All this kind of stuff. Um, here's Layla. Yeah, here's Layla. <laughs> Jesus. Um, is that is, is this? Do you have more for this show? I just because I just feel like jumping in right away. Not yeah, jump in on that. Yeah, I got a little more that we're leading up to this late a recent story, but touch on that. Okay, well, just 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 in general, it does is every single person that we have ever met celebrity uh, wise going to just end up to be a big pile of shit? You know what I mean? <laughs> like over time, like all these things seem to come out. Like hey, the guy you liked. Back in the day, here's some footage of this horrible thing he did 25 years ago. That seems to be what it is continuously happening, but please continue. And the, and the weird thing is sometimes you hear these things and you go, you know, without social media and you got to put context in. But some of the, right. you know, you, 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 you kind of like want to forgive a little bit of like things. But like and he, in, in fairness, Clapton would later say, I should mention this, at least in give his side of the story. That he was just hammered, but it turns out he's also supported uh, very f- far right political candidates throughout most of his life. It just wasn't something that was tattooed on us. He wasn't Aaron Lewis wearing a fuck Biden shirt. He was doing it more covertly. Um, yeah. No, I hear. Um, well, maybe maybe this explains Phil Ensemble's recent cream cover, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it uh, so. <laughs> Apparently, possible. I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe his comments, but let's just move on to the next story here. Uh, just recently, it came out that a German woman, uh, her who was trying to sell mm. some of her husband's uh, uh, late husband's items on eBay, she was hoping to get about eleven dollars for this bootleg CD. Now, sure. I'm going to tell you something right now. I probably have three or four bootleg physical CDs of, of different artists in my collection. Yeah. There's no fucking way my wife would be able to tell which one was a bootleg and which one wasn't. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like they say bootleg on them. You know what I mean? She's just selling his shit. She was hoping gotcha. to get about 11 bucks for this thing on eBay. And, of course, I mean, first of all, how does Clapton find this out? Is this how he spends his days? And then when he's not touring, he's like, well. <laughs> um, so he sued her and won, and she was stuck. The, the judgment that she was hit with, I still haven't found a story that said what happened to the CD. Does Clapton get it? Um. Anyway, uh, she she was hit with a four thousand dollar judgment, and I just like what the hell is going on? I, I this is where we're at. You know, I mean, first of all, what a fucking Mister Burns type curmudgeon. Jesus fuck, I, are, are you that broke, Eric? I mean, you know, and and on top of that, she when she found out that there was an issue with it, that like it was a bootleg, and he wanted it down, she pulled the item from eBay. How was that not enough? 
You know what I mean? I, I, what a fucking shit, shit bag. All this other stuff, you kind of like, oh, whatever, whatever. I'm not, I don't talk about Clapton, but this... This hits. This hits close to home, man. My wife could get sued if I died. <laughs> I, oh, although yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. I think in America, I mean, manufacturing, distributing, whether you know online, that could get you in trouble. But I believe once you physically own, like it's a physical CD, that property is yours. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure. You know, ownership is is a uh, is a nine tenths of the law. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I believe. Yeah, I don't know. I've but, heard that uh, in a um, lot of sitcoms. Uh, something like that. But Boil but some water first, and cut some sheets. She's having a baby. First, I th- I'm pretty sure that how this works is you can have these things called Google Alerts anytime that somebody mentions <laughs> Baco. Like, you would love it because you just know anytime anybody's talking to you. Huh. You'd be either thrilled or, or angry all Good the time. Tip. I'm guessing I'm guessing angry. You said that's but, called uh, Google you, Alerts? Hold on here. Yeah, you just, <laughs> yeah, you just, sit, yeah, you just put Google Alerts. You can have it... Uh, tr- uh, Tell you a summary of what happens per week. What the per fuck day. did Toomey say now? Jesus. Yeah. I'm not sure how it works on the social, but you can definitely set it up just on eBay. And that's yeah. mostly for celebrities and everything like that to figure out who's selling their bootleg shit just like this and or uh, auto, all the autograph stuff. You know what I mean? Like you can have that. But the fact that he went after her, that's that's just madness. I mean, give me a break. When it's, she pulled the fucking item too, you know, I was like, hey, yeah, no, it's, I had no idea. <laughs> it's taken down. Not enough. No. Maybe no, she, hey, is, we don't know, yeah. we only know her name is Gabrielle P. Maybe uh, maybe she's like Persian or something. Mm. <laughs> maybe there's a racial slant to this. Uh, oh, I see what you're yeah. saying. So he's going after, okay. She's a you're, non-white. You're yeah, one oh, of those non-white this. selling my shit. Okay, so he has he has a very specific Google alert set up for Persians. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what race he hates more, but uh, I, I thought I'd go with something a little outside the box. Okay, I think yeah. we, we've definitely we're definitely doing that in this segment. So the <laughs> the uh, I guess the summary is I, I think that he that, that he probably gets these summaries and he decides which one he's going to go after and which one he's not or whatever from his like his people. But the thing is, is that that this is where people get too old and too demented. He's got to be in his 70s, right? Or he's in his 70s, right? So now he's in that point where he's just like, he is seriously like, get off my lawn. Give me all my, he's just, it was just a but day it sounds he was like he was, he's been get off my lawn since the seventies. <laughs> so that'd be his thirties. He's like, get off my yeah. lawn. From the vine, how quickly you forget. I run the bath and pour the wine. I bring you everything that floats into your mind.
paved paradise and put up a parking lot loose. <laughs> Man, I, I, I tell you what, in general, like he's he's always even when he was young, he looked old to me. Like yeah. in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Like, I know that wasn't his maybe that was sort of his prime and stuff, but I was just like, Who is this guy? He always just seemed so dated. Uh, when we were younger, right? He was always looked at as a, as yeah. a he, for for a guy that's considered a good gu- gu- uh, guitar god. Didn't he look like like your buddy's dad? Always, he did, like, yeah. Just just like that. He was. I think he wore khakis on stage. <laughs> it was kind of a stage outfit. Well, and the eighties was, like, was a weird time for all the artists. I, I know. I, but. I, I I guess, but but he never seemed like a rocking dude. He just seemed like a curmudgeon. Then he looked like a what Mr. Burns would look like with a guitar. You know, I. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Burns. Uh, I do have kind of a funny Clapton story that kind of ties into your Sebastian Bach story about his storyteller Ooh. stuff. Sure. Sort of. I mean, it's a similar kind of situation as all. I used to work with a guy named John, and um, he invited me and my girlfriend at the time to come out and sing karaoke with him and his, I don't know if it was his wife or girlfriend. I think it was a girlfriend. Uh, I, I haven't stayed in touch with the guy, so I really don't know. But uh, uh, we were just work friends doing something socially. So I went out and <laughs> he sang. Just some work friends playing, you know, yeah, singing get, karaoke get together. Some beers right. and, you know, sing yeah. some karaoke. Let's, yeah. let's do it. Not, not too bad. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm two Budweiser's in and, and he's up there and he, he, he's dedicating a song to his wife. And it was the Tears in Heaven song that Eric Clapton oh, wrote for his Lord. dead kid. And I was like, you know, I like to think of it this way, though. This is not what he said. He just is an idiot. He didn't fucking know this soft and pretty song was actually a pretty tragic story. Uh, but he's like, yeah, I just want to say I, that little girl out there, I love you. And you're my baby, or you're my whatever. I want to say to that lovely lady sitting right there, I love you so much. I'm going to sing you this song that Eric Clapton wrote after his kid fell out a window and died. Tears in heaven. You know, so that's kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) who wants to shave some pubes? That's right, man. (laughs) Quick say Jesus. Uh, Oh, good. uh, Yeah. That was a good night. (laughs) Well, in more... Uh, Legacy Acts cashing in by selling their publishing uh, news. Motley Crue got $150 million. Now, that number has actually been disputed a little bit, but apparently I that's on the high end. Yeah. But uh, I, I only saw one thing that I thought was funny is that Nikki Six commented that he looks forward to collaborating with. I think it was BMG that bought it. <laughs> that's not how this works, Nikki. You, no. you are no longer involved. I mean, maybe they will be. I don't know. I don't really care the specifics of that, but this is a disturbing trend. I know Springsteen just got rid of his for $500 million, and a lot of people think the reason I have a problem with this is because I'm just bitter and jealous and they're making... I don't... Look, I get why they're doing it. I understand that. I'd probably do it if I was in their situation. I just don't like what that says for the future of music. Uh, what right. are your thoughts on on uh, the, the Motley Crue boys selling their stuff? Sure. Well, f- first, I'm going to say that that uh, there's a couple things on these. Now, I I think that like you, you just mentioned, Springsteen I think was 500 million. Okay. Yeah. Or or, or something like that. So based on that, I'm going to say that that Springsteen has a lot of caveats and things like that in his relationship. Like you can't use "Born in the USA" in political advertisements, or you know what I'm saying? Like I'm sure he has some kind of clauses Could be, in his. Yeah. Um. But if if Springsteen Springsteen sells this for 500 million, there is no fucking way that Motley Crue got 150 million for their for their catalog. And let me let me back that it's up. It's like if an NFL got, player when they sign a big contract and it's like, oh, 10 years 400 million. It's like, well, 
Sixty million for sure, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So maybe right. So like you're that. looking at that. So let's let's say that it's seventy five. I'm going to cut that in half, and I'm going to also say that they're getting seventy five million paid over ten years. There's like a slow. I think that they're actually getting this income that's paid over over time too, like a lottery. Do you get you one lump, in or maybe they have one? Yeah. Do they get one lump sum? Or do they get paid over time? And here's where I'm saying when I look at that to begin with, and I'll go for that is that if I'm somebody that's buying the catalog, what's the, okay, I'm, I'm going to see it on both sides. I'm the artist. Okay. How long would it take me to get $150 million for our catalog? I'm going to say to the rest of their fucking lives waiting for that, for those payouts for commercials and things like that. We actually okay? touched on that when we, when we got into this kind of whole trend, uh, I don't know, earlier in the year, these, that, that's one of the things that, that, that people should find very telling about this. These mm-hmm. businesses that are the, they're trying to gobble up as much as they can, they are overpaying. They are not paying on the idea this is how much we can make in the next 10 years at the current model. They have something out. I don't know if, if it's biopics, commercials, dropping in movies, but they are going to get that money back. At least they have a plan to. Right, but but I'm I'm saying that that uh, on the artist side, I get what they they say like how long is it going to take me to get this money? Yes. Okay, this sounds good. I'm done. On the on the buyer side, BMG, um, yeah, they're getting more money than they would probably make on that catalog before they die. Right. Exactly. Especially so if they're thinking because like, he's old as hell. So they're saying like, how much can we work with Motley Crue over the next thirty years or something like that? This is an investment. It's going to pay off in year whatever it is. Like, like buying the rights to anything, any kind of intellectual property, essentially. But let's look at that. So what you're saying about is, is, is what's good and what's bad. Really, for Motley Crue, how many, how many, I th- I'm going to say that they're buying basically 15 songs, essentially, or yeah. maybe two albums worth. Maybe it's Dr. Feelgood, a little bit of Girls. I'm talking about from commercial appeal. Like, yeah, no, so, I get what you're saying. I so mean, you're, you're, getting, you're and not going to make this you, money back with box sets. No, and so you're so you're like okay, how many in 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 the ad and from a, from a cartoon thing, you know, in Lego Movie they had kickstart my heart like thirty seconds of it in it, and um, the average payout for a certain amount of time is somewhere between fifty and a hundred thousand, I think that I read or something. It depends okay. on the time. There's these there's these cartoon movies like Sing, okay, that my kids watch where they they offer you know ten seconds of a one of these animals. It's a, it's, a, it's like a cartoon version of American. Idol I know the movie. Like I think most people oh, do. Okay. Okay, fine. But anyway, so then you're saying, okay, get a little bit of cheddar this way, that. But to your end, all the, the, the long game has nothing to do with selling, the, selling music anymore. It has to do with product placement for eternity. Like, where can we put this in? That's, that's oh, I'm sorry. Fucking video games yep. is huge as yep. far as that goes, too. Like, getting it placed in, in video games. And that's pretty much where all we're you're going to see that these, these songs mean you. So it's yeah. not really a and better think about that. Of, Can I touch yeah. on the video game thing real quick? Yeah, go ahead. When they, when they first started dropping like modern songs, it was largely artists paying to get their music into a video game so that people would hear the, this stuff. Right. 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 Now the people that <laughs> they used to pay own their music and are putting them are charging to have the music in the video game. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's like you look, we'll look at HBO. They now offer a subscription service that includes fucking commercials. That used to be the reason you paid for HBO was to avoid the fucking commercials. To get uncut, you could just watch beginning to end, you know? But no, now it's, well, for five extra bucks, we'll do that still. It's just... I wonder if the songwriting catalog, too, has something to do with, like, a 360 deal with any kind of, like, slice on... Hmm. 
Um, touring you know, revenue. If it's an actual, if it's an actual touring thing where it, now in any kind of promotion, you're using their songs in the ads. Does that mean that they? You know what I mean? Like there's no seriously. No, the ads I'm with for you. I just I think about that. You, you sold your music and now you have to pay to use it. Something like that. Just, I don't know. The way, there has happened. to be something. Like, yeah, there has to be something to do with like an actual. Um, and maybe that's something with I mean, Springsteen's certainly going to. I mean, he still tours, right? I mean, yeah. like, like that's that's got to be some kind of thing too. Is like, are you buying catalogs from people that are still a existing touring entity? To, well, anyway. I mean, some of them don't. I know. I I think Elton John might be done. Uh, I know he he extended his farewell tour quite heavily, but he. Uh, I think once he's done, he's he's probably done. He, he's old enough that you can believe it. But think about that. That's kind of weird too. You're now you're touring to support the sales sales of a product that you no longer own. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you're just touring just for the touring. You're not even you, you don't well, care at and, all. And about they've it. largely, I mean, especially the legacy acts. They've been touring just for the the, the revenue for of the touring, touring revenue. So I, I get that. Yeah, it's it is an interesting time. thing though. But it's definitely not going to make things better. When they keep doing, that. I remember when Bowie did this, uh, like piecemeal, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was I, like I don't think stock. He said, yeah, it was, it was like, like, what is this? And now it's become the thing. So, yeah. always, uh, always ahead of his time, that David Bowie. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know, and and um, and for why I think this is bad because what this signals is that like there is, the, there's no like light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to like are are we just kind of you know in this little kind of purgatory area with music where we're kind of trying to figure out how we can actually prosper with new artists and new music and, and bring something fresh. Uh, this is basically a, a signaling of like everybody involved that like, we do not care about new music at all. It's basically, we have enough. <laughs> this is, this is what you're going to get for the rest of eternity, you know, but you know, the way things are going with us in China may not be that long. Yeah. <laughs> and, and is there some rule too that that after a certain amount of time that it becomes public domain, like a song? There is like, ways around that, that, but yeah, I think it's like eighty years though. Is it eighty years? Yeah, hmm. but I or think, I think if, if, if but you if keep, that might reset admit, now with these people buying it and they own it now, it might be another eighty years. I I can't believe you're buying something that a song that's fifty years old at this price and holding on to it for another thirty. That's it. They want to retain those rights because. You know, whiskey in a jar is a public domain song that's been covered by, mm. by uh, you know, uh, Irish bands <laughs> like Thin, <laughs> Thin, Thin, Thin Lizzy and stuff like that. Yeah, but they have you don't they, see a lot of black Irishmen. No, you don't. And, uh, <laughs> and so you know, you've got all the, the stuff like that. But I'm sure that the main, the, the probably the, the really the, the long game is to retain the rights for so that that motherfucker of the year does not go into public domain. They yeah. want to they want to own the rights to that particular track. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. Uh, it's Brandon. They want. They do not yeah. want Brandon to be public domain. <laughs> yeah, well, you know who doesn't they, want they, that out there? Brandon. Brandon doesn't yeah, out there. Right. He doesn't want that. He, I mean, think of it. girls equal trouble. That's got to be. You got to. You got to hold tight under the rights to that song. Because <laughs> they. I, but I think it's funny as it says they own the rights from Too Fast for Love up to Saints of Los Angeles. I'm like, yeah, I think that they. They're not really going to – do they own Karabi's, the 94 album too? They're not going to do anything with that either. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny. Now they're going like, to make hey, it all I, back with uh, uh, color variant pressings of the uh, the Swine record, <laughs> Generation Swine. Right. When, they're in a, when they're in the negotiating table, they're like, okay, we want Dr. Feelgood. We want Girls, Girls, Girls. And they're like, 
can we just not have the rights to these albums? Like, no, you got to take them all. You got to take Saints, Los Angeles. You got to take Generation Swine. You it's know like what I mean? when you're like selling something on, on like uh, on Marketplace. It's like, hey, I have a, a working refrigerator. Would be great for a garage. Anybody mm-hmm. can have it for free. But you also have to take four water heaters. <laughs> That's right. You have to take all these other things out of my yeah, house. Yeah. Um, you, you get one cool thing. And but you have to get rid of my garbage too. <laughs> yeah, I want the desk. I don't need the six bookcases. Nope, you gotta take it all. interesting email um, the other day, Luce. It was uh, from uh, the publicist for Ted Nugent. He's got a new mm. album coming out in April and a new song out right now. So the, the new song is called Come and Get It. And um, it's exactly what you think it is. Um, okay. And it got me thinking because we've talked about Aaron Lewis somewhat recently and some of his attitudes and he's got a new song out. Kid Rock, of course, has a new song out now, Ted Nugent. And it just dawned on me that like a lot of these like uh, right-leaning, uh, I don't know, can we call them rockers, country guys, whatever, these these right-leaning entertainers, they become so one-dimensional that basically everything they do is about everybody on the left being an idiot, wrong, and un-American. It's like they can't write music that doesn't cover it. They can't. They can't. They can't even perform a show without wearing a "fuck Biden" T-shirt for crying out loud. It's just. Uh, it's just. It's. It's kind of silly to me that because uh, you know what. Even though Ted Nugent would never be for me, I, I, I think there's some, I mean, his music would has appeal to people. I, I get it. You know what I mean? It's just never really been something I liked a lot. Uh, got, he knows how to rhyme really well. Th- yes, exactly. You like, know what I mean? But, you know, you know, I mean, there are left-leaning, you know, uh, artists that don't seem to be so myopic and in, in that becoming the only thing they're about. You know what I mean? How How is, how is. Uh, Wang Dang, Sweet Poon Tang, and Wango Tango not the same song. How can they not be the same song uh, with, well, with, 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 this, with that title? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know uh, when I first heard about those two songs, I assumed they were one song because I had never <laughs> right? heard either one at the time. You know, I'd, I, I hadn't gotten my copy of Great Gonzos. Uh, but that it, would have been a perfect use of the parentheses. You know, Wang Dang, Sweet Poon Tang, parentheses, Wango Tango. That yes. is when I would be okay with parentheses on a song title. I wonder. God, uh, I, I, I guess I'm. See, I'm Is there not, a mashup of the two? I don't know, but I'm. I'm curious which one he wrote first. <laughs> and then he's like, "Wang, I got to use Wang again." <laughs> I know, right? He's like, he's like, just add the O to it. He's I like mean, ACDC, I'm, but instead of rock or balls, it's Wang. <laughs> yeah. How many times can you use? Is there another Wang song with him? Uh, no, I don't know. I'm just. It's got to be. Come on. Hey. Anyway, uh, but uh, you, you have a headline that I think everybody's probably seen by now. Who knows? Uh, but it's it's 
It's money. <laughs> uh, why don't you, why don't you hit me with that? All right. Well, I'm just going to paraphrase. <laughs> and uh, I know that the headline was uh, was basically when he was interviewed was uh, by some other podcast. Uh, yeah, he's that, being interviewed by everybody. Uh, I haven't thrown my hat into the ring yet. I'm not sure I want to. Uh, anyway. That'd be interesting. We, 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 we yeah. Let's, let's uh, think on that a bit. But, <laughs> but yeah, so... So he he got on some podcast which I think he spoke uninterrupted for fifteen minutes, um, and one of the things that he said during that during his fifteen minutes of, of of just going was that he does not write songs, he ejaculates them, <laughs> which uh, yeah, uh, your thoughts to, to begin. This is um this is a more tolerable type of comment I can get from Ted. You know, lose. Lose the, you know, we need to to kill Obama kind of stuff and, and get back to talking about ejaculating songs. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like immediately, though, um, I remember reading an interview that it just kind of kind of brought some color on on uh, this comment that now I understand was that Jack Blades had mentioned that uh, uh, from his time working with Ted Nugent and Damn Yankees that he was never able to get the stain off of him from working with them. <laughs> Oh God! A little Ted's DNA is everywhere, all over the yeah. music. <laughs> I mean, you, for, you know, what the, if you go to Blabbermouth, you see the Ted Nugent. I don't write songs; I ejaculate them. Headline: The next headline up is Ted Nugent said he couldn't have a meaningful conversation with David LaRoth. The guy was out of his mind. So right, I mean that sounds like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. David LaRoth is crazy, but you're ejaculating songs, man. Like like Ted Ted's just a. a a run-on sentence of intelligence, apparently. Yeah. Truth, common, some- truth what, what does he say? Something truth, something in common sense? I can't remember. I, truth, logic, and common sense. I don't know. I, I mean, I, there's just like, and I think that right after that was Dave Ellison said, Ted beat me to it. <laughs> Get it? Beat me to it. Yeah. Well, that too. But truth, I'm just logic, saying, and common I'm, sense. There is. That's I mean, the phrase. I mean, but, but, but Ellison was on a bit of a roll with, with uh, quotes. You know what I mean? He could have oh, definitely God. grabbed that one. Yeah. <laughs> he could have grabbed about it. Talking yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, but, he definitely had time on his hands. <laughs> okay that's that's the best bad pun so far so you know i i would i would say though but, but i'm like imagine if that's the way he thinks about it. it the time in damn yankees did he just show up you know and, and like well, for, first let's just go back to some, so even to back up from the ejaculating part i think that there was some other comment too about the fact that that damn yankees the band was called damn yankees because they saw all four of them, and somebody said, those are a bunch of damn Yankees. Nobody ever said that. Can we go back to that, too? That was the origin story of that, of that band. Whoever saw four dudes and said, there are some damn Yankees. And they're like, genius. We're going to name our band that. That's a Ted Nugent story, too. Yeah, I'm sure it's true. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Have you ever, I know, ever that's said typically Yankee? how, you know, but, you know, growing up in a town of only white people, we said it all the fucking time. Damn Yankees. <laughs> Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, you know who says damn Yankees a lot? Red Sox fans. There. Yeah, I think the actual true story was, I think that's two guys from Sticks, Nuge, and some other dude, right? <laughs> yeah, who's that guy with Nuge and Sticks? 
Right. Right. Now, so it's actually who sticks. was in the who was in the band? I can't remember. The Michael something uh, was the drummer. Caravelt. Nice. I'm going to butcher his name. It's it's an Italian name. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but you had um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tommy Shaw from Sticks, Jack Blades from Night Ranger, and Ted Nugent from Ted okay. Nugent. Okay. So this had some Night Ranger action going on. Okay. So, but 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 like even even the damn Yankees thing. Um, the first time you heard high, high enough, isn't that what it is? High enough or higher? Yeah, high, high enough. Okay, high enough. You know that video, where it's it doesn't even. I don't even understand why they even. As you recently Nugent. heard in the best of Cobras and Fire twenty twenty one. What's that? High enough. Oh, oh, excellent. Well, I didn't even know that was included. <laughs> I'm just as surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can you edit that out if you want. Yeah. So, so you know, but even then, it's like, why did they even invite him into the? the party because it, the video is so ridiculous. You know, they're doing that. Uh, the, the, the song is, they just have total ballad. And all of a sudden he just busts through the door. There's this guitar show that comes out of nowhere. It, 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 maybe it fits, maybe it doesn't. I don't know if you think it does, but it seems just so odd. Like who is this motherfucker? And how did that even come to be? He's yeah. And an like, odd... who, like I want to talk to the director, the guy who came up with the idea for in concept for that video. It's like, mm-hmm. they listened to that song and this is what they thought they were. This, this is the picture that's being painted. <laughs> Uh, yeah. By the I'd, way, uh, for people who think I hate ballads, that is a great fucking ballad. No, it's a good that and uh, coming of age are, are two great tracks. On yeah, that, coming on of age. Album. Yep. You know, the thing with, with Damn Yankees, I never listened to the second record, at least not. I, mean, I know Wilson had it, but I don't remember anything not good. off it. Anyway, not good. Um, the, the presence of Ted Nugent doesn't really, other than the songs that he sings, which are fucking horrible, it doesn't really seem like he really added anything into it. You know what I mean? His guitar nope. playing on there, if it's him, and I assume it is, sounds very modern in 80s, does not have that kind of Ted Nugent uh, kind of loosey-goosey feel. You know what I mean? Rhythm and blues, baby, truth, logic, and common sense. Right. But going back to the fact that I don't, I don't write songs. I ejaculate them. I mean, how is, you know, how do you even judge your songs then? Because when you ejaculate, it's all pretty good. Even a bad one. You know what I mean? Like, how do you rate yourself? Like, do you just like bring all the stuff to the, how is that? Is, are you writing by yourself? Are you writing in a group? How is that? How is that? Oh, you're definitely writing by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Or or maybe, maybe he's in the act and he pulls out. 
Oh, it's just terrible. <laughs> hey, it's his line, man. I, uh, yeah. 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 Well, no, we I, have I, an explicit rating for a reason. Sure. And we're going to talk about Ted Nugent and Dave Ellison. Well, we can't have kids listening. It's going to be all yes, about dicks and jerking off. Like I said, there's a lot of cock talk this week. I think it's just giving a new generation of 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 uh, the youth an excuse. What are you doing in there? I'm just writing a song. <laughs> Working out some rhythms, Mom. <laughs> That's right. Here comes the melody. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think, is that a hit? No, nah, that was a miss. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know where to go here. It's just so, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's, it's got like, sticky, like a, didn't they? <laughs> they did. I, I, I think that I'm just amazed that at some point that Gene Simmons didn't say this. I don't know why. I, did, I can just see that this is something he just says to be shocking. In some, in some Honestly, when you said the interview and spoke for 15 minutes and interrupted, I think of Gene Simmons. You know what I mean? Right. And it's all like, you know, go to GeneSimmons.com. Uh, oh, by the and did you get your Black Friday deal on the Gene Simmons vault? Uh <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it's it's five hundred dollars. Yeah, right they now. raised it to five ninety nine, took ninety a hundred dollars off, and sold it for four ninety nine for Black Friday. Mm. Okay, only three hundred left loose. I am telling you, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. There is a one of those monthly uh, storage lockers out there somewhere in L A. that has that big book. What was that huge book they made? Like, um, oh yeah, the, it was called Monster. There you go, the Monster Book. That thing that was huge. There's there's that. There's the, the Kiss Coffins, and there's uh, these box sets that are still in the same one. that he's, he, he gets the bill every month, and he's like, son of a bitch, what do I do with this stuff? And he has too much pride just to throw it in the dumpster. But I, overall, I'm guessing the, the storage the, locker the business is getting are, you. are made to order. You think so? <laughs> By the way, um, the Gene Simmons Vault, which originally sold for $2,000 on Discogs, uh, sells for an average price of $1,000. That is, must be that only one is sold. But I yeah. mean, typically, like, you know, if you go buy like new vinyl, in it, you know, if, especially if it's a limited run kind of thing, it's going to be available, you know, for 10 to 15 bucks more than what you paid for it pretty soon. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that is a money loser, just like, just like his uh, real estate business. So <laughs> again, why do people, and I guess I've, I've met them, so I kind of know the answer, but why does anybody think he's a good businessman? But uh, Gene continued to be lauded as a savvy businessman. Well, I, I say that the, of the, uh, all the, <laughs> at this point you can add your little chapter 17 or whatever part, but the, the, the greatest quote from Paul Stanley's book was, as far as I was concerned, Gene's most successful venture in business was promoting the perception that he was a savvy businessman. That had been an undeniable success. Chapter 47. And the weird thing is that, like, uh, I don't think that's that cutting edge of a statement, but it does seem like to the people that, that should know it, they don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, like, I get, right. like, my mom doesn't, but why doesn't Mark Cicchini understand that? I make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, it's a good question. I guess we're done with ejaculating. Yeah, you know what? I mean, there's a couple other uh, headlines. I mean, he's doing the interview rounds right now, and everybody that he talks to gets a blabbermouth headline out of it because he does come up with some kind of quotable thing. He, Sebastian Bach wants to be more of a pop star than a music guy. He wants D. Snyder to apologize to him because uh, D. was like, kind of like saying, well, Ted, this is what you, you know, when he got COVID, he had some comments that like, yeah, well, you didn't want to get vaccinated, something like that. So Ted wants an apology, another snowflake butthurt. He also went after Gene Simmons for his anti-vax comments that we talked about a little while ago. Just all sorts of good stuff. So 
I might reach out for an interview. I just don't have a lot of interest in talking to him, but it might be good for the show. Yeah, I, I just if it was not fascinating the fact that he continuously just gets interviews over the last like 15 or 20 years. I mean, forever, really. But like how he even stays, you could say that with a lot of like vintage artists, but really he peaked at what? Double Live Gonzo or Cat Scratch like Fever, that, yeah. like 19, 1976. And you could say the same thing I about a lot of artists. I think he peaked with damn Yankees. <laughs> okay, there you go. And well, that wasn't even his his yeah, thing. He was part of it. And um, he seems but, to be like the one guy that wants to like, we should get the damn Yankees back together. But uh... nobody wants to get back together, Ted. <laughs> and by the way, his whole stamp on that band is, think about this. First album cover, was whatever kind of looked like Skid Row sort of their debut album yeah. in a way you know what I mean just, just standing a black outside. and white the next photo one. with him kind of yeah. howling at the moon yeah and then the next one is is a, called Don't Tread and it has a trucker on the front of it and it is unlistenable and Ted Nugent's ejaculatory is all over that album that's why the album is went sideways quick and that's yeah. why they don't want to get he basically said like oh this is my band now you know his ego. Uh, came in and is like, oh, but you can't actually write songs because you ejaculate them instead, and, and you don't know the difference <laughs> between good and bad. I mean, look at look at the look at his output. He can't even he can't even he can't even jizz well. You know what I mean? If he's saying that he writes songs, and that's how he writes songs, uh, his output. Oh my god! But how does he keep getting? <laughs> my point is like, is somebody actually have the catalog? Like 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 yes, he's a I good. You've mentioned this. You've mentioned he's a he's a capable guitarist. He has stranglehold as a great solo on it. But besides that little, I can't think of any other artist that has just that one zone and that somehow oh, there's is, plenty. Is, I think like that. I mean, you I mean think? yeah. I mean, well, you just talked about how Motley Crue is a record and a half. You know, I mean, I, just, I yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that's necessarily. But the, the fact of the matter is, anytime he strikes gold with a collaboration, he shits on it, destroys it, and then goes back to just being an ejaculatory songwriter. You know what I mean? It's just like, what's the song that Sinzak always brings up that he he likes to to talk about? Like something like, "I love my barbecue" or "I love my grill." Or... Something smells good. You ready? I love my barbecue is what Americans do. <laughs> yeah, I love my barbecue or whatever like that. But but I guess my whole thing I is that he's also, he's also confusing confusing artists because they then he was, you know, he didn't sing lead vocals on the classics that right. classics that people have. So then there was it was just him singing later. I don't know. He's kind of just like a, a mystery to me how he's does somebody actually have like a playlist? Like, like this is my guy. You know, Huge. almost everybody I know that that I kind of associate with liking Ted Nugent growing up only had the greatest hits. What was I called? Great Gonzos, or maybe Double Great Live Gonzos. Gonzos. You know, one of those I mean, two. That that's one. that's all they would have. You know what I mean? They were right. like a Steve Miller fan. You know what I mean? Oh, I love Steve Miller. I have one tape. You know, and it's just like, and they were also, I think I've mentioned it before, they're always the ones that wanted to fight when they got drunk. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I, it's just like <laughs> what? but it was the same thing with me. Like I ended up buying Great Gonzo's Live because I'm like, I guess I should have this yeah. because I've been told so much it's about it. like the first it. Boston it. record. You, you, it's like at one point you're almost you have required to. to have it, you know? Right. You're like, this thing is, is legendary status and you get it and you're like, okay, it has these and even that is like, there's four or five songs on it and then there's like free for all. What the fuck is that? Call the doctor, or what's the what's the doctor song? Just Terrible what the songs. doctor ordered. Yeah, it's another stain. Hey, baby's a good tune. Okay, I like free yeah. for all. 
You like free for all? Yeah. Well, I mean, as much as I can like a Ted Nugent song, that's up there. I don't know. I'm not, I, like, I don't go deep on the guy. It just never really resonated with me. I, uh, I, I, it's like it's one of those things. Like I get why people like it. It's just not for me. You know what I mean? Um, sure. But yeah, whatever. I think I'm not surprised. I think he probably actually does ejaculate songs based on listening to them. They 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 sound like right. somebody wanking off. <laughs> yeah, or wanging exactly. wanging off. Something. Maybe he should do a record called Back to the Wang and just do all Wang songs. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I think, I think Wang Back out to of the hell Wang. Too. Uh, I, yes, I think that's what it is. He's like the meatloaf. Like he's just going <laughs> to yeah. rename. Just use instead of using uh, Bat and Hell in this title, just use Wang. And I would, I'll buy it. I would Wang anything for love, but I won't Wang that. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> All right, call me Ted. Uh, we'll uh, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll set you up on a on a good path. Perfect. All right, people, starting off twenty twenty two with a classy mm. shot across the bow. Yeah, baby. And uh, looking forward to another year of the Cobra as part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, where you can find all the greatest music podcasts. Yeah, man, a, a great collection of just all all different genres too. They they did a really good job of curating uh, the shows, and I'm not just saying that because they picked us. No, they they, uh, they after they picked us, they said no more hard rock. <laughs> yeah, baby, that's right. So uh, you want to get out of here? Yeah, man, this has been fun, but I gotta go. Okay, rock's not dead. It's ejaculating. Ejaculating or, or ending with yeah, it? Yeah, kind of.